Since therefore, brethren, we have confidence to enter the holy of holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he has inaugurated for us, passing through the veil, that is, his flesh. And since we have such a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with hearts in full assurance of faith, sincere hearts, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I just want to point out one thing uh, for you to think about before we go into any commentary. Um, and that is, you could go to church, you could enter into the outer court without the anointing, without the presence of God. You could do it in your own strength. You could present yourself being governed by your own conscience, leading your own life. And you could also be a priest. You could enter the holy place where you saw ministry took place, which represents for us today prayer, intercessory prayer, praise and worship, and all the things that we do in church services. You could do all of those things and still be governed by your own conscience, not be right with God. You could perform all the ministry functions without the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was still separated beyond that veil in the Holy of Holies. So everything that happened outside of the Holy of Holies could take place through people who ran basically their own lives and lived by their own consciences, certainly believed in God, tried to serve God, wanted to serve God, may have been sincere, but basically looked to the affirmation of their friends or family or ministers to tell them that they were all right with God. Inside, within themselves, they could have all kinds of duplicity and all kinds of conflict that they hid and just kind of dealt with through their own conscience. But once you tried to pass through the veil, you couldn't do that. You couldn't get through the veil without being pure before the Lord. Not perfect, pure heart, holding nothing back. Now, I'd like to make a little commentary about returning to the Holy of Holies because this message is all about the fact that the church today needs to seriously undergo an about face and return to the Holy of Holies. First of all, the ability of evil to prevail over our society with such a large Christian influence is evidence that the church needs to return to the upper room and to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The rising strength of deception and evil in our land and the struggle of truth and righteousness to restrain it is occurring because of a weakened church. Now, when you hear me stand up here and say that, that evil is rising and prevailing in our land because of a weakened church, you, if I were you, I'd be sitting there tempted to think, how is the church weakened? I mean, if you think about it, we're up to date in technology. We're up to date with contemporary culture. We're up to date with, with current affairs. And we've pretty much purged out of the churches any traits that the world complains about. So how are we lacking 
in power? How are we weak? How is the church weak when we have done all these things to update ourselves with the world and become effective and become relevant to the world that we live in? How then are we weak? Well, our weakness isn't about our connection with the world. It's about our connection with the Holy Spirit. If we focused our attention and pursuit on relating with the Holy Spirit instead of being relative to society and relevant to society, we'd reach people. We'd reach people because the Holy Spirit is the one that reaches people. And that's exactly what Jesus trained his disciples to rely 100% on the Holy Spirit. And the reason is, is because if you try to be relevant to people, people will always tell you what they want. But they'll seldom ever tell you what they really need because they don't know what they need. The Holy Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit's the only one that really knows where the trouble is and really knows what people need. And so if we would learn to update ourselves and be more concerned about our relationship with the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't have to worry about being relevant and having an impact in the world. You see, in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, Jesus set up the headquarters of the New Testament church right in the midst of the Holy of Holies. The upper room was the New Testament Holy of Holies. It was the place where Jesus baptized the church in the Holy Spirit. It was the place that hithertofore believers, no matter how eager they were, no matter how much they wanted to go in and talk with God, they were not allowed, they were not able to enter into the presence of God because of sin, because of unholiness. They needed the Lamb of God to come and cleanse them of sin. But then we have to follow Jesus into the Holy of Holies. And so that's what the upper room was. The upper room was the Holy of Holies. Because the Holy of Holies, the Holy of Holies is the throne room. And the seat, when I say seat, think authority, the seat of the kingdom. The upper room was the Holy of Holies and the Holy of Holies is the seat of the kingdom. And Although it happened in a physical place called the Upper Room in Jerusalem, the Holy of Holies, the seat of the kingdom, the throne room, is not a physical location. It's not a metaphysical condition that magically occurs through special alignments. The Holy of Holies, the throne room, the seat of the kingdom is a person. He's God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of the Father. And He is in the earth as the governor of the kingdom of God. And He dwells in the Holy of Holies. And where He dwells is the Holy of Holies. Hallelujah. And His tabernacle that He dwells in is not located in the White House. And I'll tell you something else. It's not located in the church house either. It's located in your house. It's located in the house called your spirit, soul, and your body, which Paul said is the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
And so the Holy Spirit is located in you, in your house. And when you go into the Holy of Holies, when you go into Him, power comes out of you. Hallelujah. When we move our headquarters from the Holy of Holies, when I speak about we, I'm speaking metaphorically about the church. And when we as Christians or we collectively as the church, when pastors lead, relocate and, and move the, the headquarters, our headquarters from the Holy of Holies back out to the place of ministry in the holy place or back out to the courtyard of gathering and fellowship, we shrink from being a heavenly government to becoming an earthly religion. However good it is to praise, preach, pray, do all the things we do in church, however it is good to gather in fellowship and go to church, none of those things bring the power of God that breaks sin, pushes Satan's control off of the lives of people and brings deliverance. It only happens in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so it says in Matthew chapter 27, when Jesus died, at the moment that Jesus died, it says, and behold the veil. The veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split. Something really of, of heavenly magnitude took place. God ripped that veil two, three inches thick, ripped it from top to bottom. And in Hebrews 6.19, the scripture says, concerning that torn veil, Jesus leads us through the veil into God's holy of holies. But the church has been going in the wrong direction. Pastors have been leading their congregations into the outer court of connection with society and with culture when we've been called to follow Jesus in the opposite direction, straight into the Holy of Holies and into the presence of God. Because from the presence of God, the Lord does everything through His church that advances His kingdom. What does following Jesus through the veil really mean? Well, I remember when I was first saved and I read about the veil being torn, my first imagination was a wrong one. My first imagination was the Lord ripped the veil to get out of there. And he wanted to get out into the world. And I was one of the, I was a Jesus freak back in the 1970s, 71. You know, that was, Jesus is in the streets, man. And he was. But it wasn't because he left the Holy of Holies. It was because we got into the Holy of Holies. And so I used to think the veil is ripped as a sign that the Holy Spirit is moving out into holy place ministry. Now our praise and worship will be spirit-saturated and spirit-filled. Now the showbread and the candlesticks and all those different functions and all the things that they represent will now be anointed of the Spirit. And every pastor at some point or another falls into this deception and thinks this. They think if I, just do, if I build it, they'll come. 
If I just do the ministry, God will drop the Spirit down on it, and He'll anoint it, and He'll make it work. If my plans and purposes, after I have prayed and sought God, and have written out my five-year schedule, and I have projected what I think the Holy Spirit's put in my heart, if, if, if I'm ready and I launch those things out, and I make those changes in my church or in our homes or in our life, God will rain down because the Holy Spirit has ripped the veil and he's come out and he's filled the holy place and he's filled the outer court. So now going to church will be anointed. In 2,000 years, going to church has not been anointed. People walk in, come to church, and they walk out unchanged just like they walked in. Going to church is not anointed with the Holy Spirit just because you go. And ministry, people think, well, if I just sign up for ministry, if I just, if I just um, go to the, and join the intercessory group, if I just join the praise team, or if I go out and, and pass out uh, sandwiches to the needy, if I participate in ministry, you might think, well, is the pastor saying we don't have to do that stuff anymore? No, no, I'm not saying that at all. But I think you know where I'm going with this. And if you don't, you will in a moment or two. We're going to make it abundantly clear. But the fact is, is, is the Holy Spirit did not leave the Holy of Holies. He called us into the Holy of Holies. He said, take the praise, take the prayer, take the fellowship, take all of it and bring it in. Bring it in to the Holy of Holies. And let me tell you something, that's where the problems have come because a lot of what we do, we've not been able to bring into the Holy of Holies. The Holy Spirit won't tolerate it. He won't put up with it. A lot of us in the conditions that we live our lives, walk our walk, talk our talk, we're, we're not, we got one foot in, but our head's hanging out. We're not able to get everything we do into the presence of God. So we've been happy to just leave it out there and just do it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So what does it mean to follow Jesus through the veil? Well, basically what it means is that sin and carnality cannot enter through the veil. We, you can't drive what is offensive to God through that veil. You just can't do it. And in order to get through the veil, you might say, remember when Jesus said, after the rich young ruler walked off, sadly, uh, he said how hard it is. He said it's near impossible for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples, because we think the disciples were poor. I don't know where we get that idea, but they were businessmen. They probably weren't poor at all. They were probably middle class guys. There might have been a couple of them that might have been upper middle class uh, by our standards. But the point is this. They were shocked when Jesus said it is impossible for the rich to enter in the kingdom of God. And they just were floored and they said, well, who then can be saved? And Jesus said, it's impossible to be saved. Whether you're rich or poor, no matter what your station is at life, I don't care if you're white or black or the color of the hour, in vogue, out of vogue, whatever, none, no association in the world, nothing about you is going to qualify you for salvation. Nothing. Only the blood of Jesus. Only Jesus. So the only way to get into the Holy of Holies is a humble and surrendered heart. 
I can't do anything about the things that I've done. I, I can't, I have things I haven't been able to get control of, but in my heart, I'm brokenhearted and I want them to change. I sincerely, Lord, humble myself and I don't hide anything. You see, it's not the neatening and tidying up of our lives so that there's nothing improper. It's the hiding it and telling ourselves it's okay. That is where we get into trouble. The Lord said, just like he said to Adam and Eve, "Um, who told you that you were naked? Are you in that bush? And then they began. Adam, well, the woman you gave me. You gave me the woman. If you hadn't given me this woman, I wouldn't have let her lead me into trouble. And, And the devil made her do it. You see, when we displace our responsibility, that's when we're in trouble. But see, a a humble and a surrendered heart is the heart that says, Lord, I'm wrong, I need help. And that's when the veil begins to open. And that's when you can begin to come in. Somebody whose testimony as a Christian I highly, highly regard. They are an exemplary leader in Christ went through a thing a number of years ago where they were very, very ill and seeking God for their life and for recovery. And during that difficult time that stretched on for months, they had an experience. And this is why I'm sharing it with you because it's pertinent to what we're saying and also letting you know that this person is somebody who any one of us would look up to as a genuine believer. And... um, They had an experience where they saw the veil and they were standing outside the veil but the veil was transparent and they could look through the veil and they could see all the light and the glory on the other side of the veil and they could see that the healing, the recovery and the goodness that they were seeking was on the other side of the veil. And so as the Lord called them through the veil, they began to move forward. And they put their hands and then their arms and began to pass through the veil. And they began to walk through the veil, but their head got hung up. And as they walked through the veil, their head got pushed backwards. The head wouldn't pass through the veil. And so they could only get that body up to the neck through the veil. And the head was bent back. And the person said, Lord, how come I can't enter through the veil? And the Lord said, Your thinking isn't right. You have ideas and thoughts and attitudes that are not right. You need to be aware of them and you need to bring them before me so I can make them right before you're going to be able to get through this veil. Now, I don't know how you feel about that because you might be one of those believers that feels like we should be able to just say to the Lord, the blood of Jesus, Now everything about me is fine. I don't know. I have a hard time with that because Paul talks about hammering out our souls on the anvil and and our conscience on the anvil of the truth of his word. And he says, cleanse yourself of all filthiness of the mind and the heart and the body and of the spirit. And so there is that walking out that honesty before God. So the torn veil 
The torn veil doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit has left the kingdom seat of the Holy of Holies to flow out into our holy place ministry or outer court church. But it's so that we can do church and ministry in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I want to finish by sharing a, a concept with you before we pray this morning that has really helped me, and I believe it will revolutionize your walk as well. In Luke chapter 24, um, as Jesus was resurrected and he was instructing his uh, disciples, he said, look, I am sending you what my Father has promised, but stay and wait in the city until you have been clothed. Everyone say clothed. So I want you to picture in your mind putting on a suit. Until you have been clothed with power from on high. Now this he said to people in whom the Spirit of God had entered and brought new birth. When Jesus had breathed on them at the end of John's gospel on his disciples and said, Receive you the Holy Spirit. And yet he tells them, Do not go out and participate in ministry. Don't go try to witness. Don't do anything until you have been clothed with power from on high. And the reason for that is that because the Holy Spirit is in you, you are the tabernacle. What you are looking at is a picture of you. Not just the picture of the church and how it operates, but the picture of you and I and how we operate. The Holy Spirit is in you. You are the tabernacle. So the Holy of Holies is in you. That's how you're able to be baptized with the Spirit. Having the Spirit and being baptized with the Spirit are not exactly the same thing. Any more than having a glass with a little bit of water. Do you have water in the glass? I've got the water. But when you fill it until it is overflowing, until it is springing up to everlasting life, that, I would say, is being full of the water. Can you say amen? amen. So when you enter the Holy of Holies and you are full of the Spirit, you can go out without leaving the Holy of Holies, without leaving the seat of the kingdom. Jesus said, and this is probably one of the most perhaps misunderstood, simple things that Jesus has said, but there is a great key of the kingdom in it. In John chapter 10, when he said, I am the good shepherd in the door, he said in verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but I wonder how many of you have thought. First of all, how many of you have heard that before? You shall come in and go out and find pasture. Of course, we've heard it. I heard it. And I used to always ponder, what does it mean going in? I know going in means going into the presence of God. But why would I go out of the presence of God? Why would I go into the presence of God and then go out to go out into the world? Why, wh what is Jesus saying? Is he saying, I come into his presence and I find pasture in the presence of the Lord, but then when I leave, that puts me back in that old religious framework where I think about going to church and going out of church. I could come into church, find pasture, and then I go out of church and find pasture. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have had that thought in your mind 
when you read that verse, that he's saying you shall go in and out and find pasture. So that that's why we think we need to go and get a, re, uh, a weekly refill. With, well, I'm a little bit low. I need to go in, get a, get a you know, I need a court to top me off. And then I'm going to go back out, find pasture. If I stay out there too long or if it's a rough week, I may need to go to Wednesday night. Let's go in, go in and go out, go in and go out. But what if Jesus didn't mean that at all? What if that is a, a, the absolute opposite of what he was trying to say? You see, as I said, now people can enter the Holy of Holies, be filled with the Spirit, and then go out clothed with power from on high. In other words, when you go into the Holy of Holies, and then you go out in the world, you don't go out without being filled with the Holy Spirit, which suits you with the Holy of Holies. When you go out that door, Holy of Holies goes out with you. That's what God wanted. That's what the New Testament believers did. They came together and regularly got filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit so that as they went out, they didn't go out unless the Holy of Holies went out with them. And I want to share with you a little proof of that when <clears throat> familiar scripture in Acts chapter 4 Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. you get that? He's out at the temple. He's not up in the upper room. He's out of the temple, going up into the, the temple. And there's the lame man at, the, at what was called the gate, beautiful, begging for alms. But the Bible says Peter was in the Holy of Holies. Filled with the Holy Spirit means Holy of Holies. He was in the Holy of Holies. We think we're spirit-filled because we had a spirit-filled experience and spoke in tongues or prophesied or something. We think we're spirit-filled because we go to a church that says it's charismatic or spirit-filled or Pentecostal. We think we're spirit-filled because we identify with a theology. But identifying with a theology doesn't make you spirit-filled any more than visiting the outer court or performing ceremonies in the holy place. Being full of the Spirit is being spirit-filled. And so the Bible says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, replied, uh, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today for a good deed done to this sick man, by what means this man was healed, then let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This man stands before you healthy. This Jesus is that stone which was rejected by you, you builders, that has become the head cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else and in no other name. For there is no other name given under heaven among people by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness, what were they seeing? They were seeing the Holy of Holies. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and discovered that they were uneducated and ordinary men, they were amazed and recognized these men had been 
with Jesus. That's the Holy of Holies. It makes you recognizable as having been with Jesus. You don't have to tell people, oh, I'm a Christian. I go to this church. And so the analogy that I thought I would give you is, we've all watched science fiction movies. You know what a space suit is. You're traveling through space. You're in your Holy of Holies, your little spaceship. You're in the environment that supports your life, filled with the Spirit, traveling through space that represents the world out there. You can't open the hatch and go out into that atmosphere of space. It won't support your life. You'll die like that. Um, so they have these things called spacesuits, and you put them on, and they're filled with oxygen. They're filled with warmth. They're filled with everything you need. You suit up. You put on the Holy of Holies. You become a little tabernacle. Hallelujah. And the Holy of Holies has clothed you. That's why the baptism in the Holy Spirit isn't receiving the Spirit. It's being clothed, covered with the Spirit and with its power. Those men and women that walked up into the upper room, their neighbors all knew them. George, what's happening? Martha, where are you all going? The upper room. But when they came out, they recognized something different. They were on fire. They were clothed. They had space suits on. They could do what we call a spacewalk. And so we need to put on the space suit. Hallelujah. When we go out into the world, just as Peter did when it says, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit got up and spoke, and then they recognized. So I want to close and call you to prayer with this thought. I'm sure this has happened to many of you in your lifetime, perhaps more than once. You have stood before a person who you knew was standing in the presence of God. Have you ever stood before somebody who you knew at that moment they were standing in the presence of God. As they stoned the apostle Stephen, and as he was dying, they could tell he was standing in the presence of God. The thought is, you could be that person who stands before people while standing in the presence of God. That is what being spirit-filled is. That is what receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit is about. It is taking simple and humble you and me and us coming clean and humble-hearted before the Lord and letting Him fill us with the Holy Spirit, being humble enough and willing to allow that experience, allow Him to fill us. Whatever it does to us, let it do it. I need to be clothed with the power of God. Can you say amen? And then be able to stand before the world while you stand in the seat of kingdom authority. I'd like you to close your Bibles and stand with me this morning.